Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Yeah, what else are we going to do? Uh, all right, we're recording then, buddy. Bullshit about how good we used to be? Uh, I think this is probably your better, one of your better seasons. Like, not to not to knock you at all, or at least knock you in the past, but I think, like, in the past, your peak was Redding, right? That day that you went, like, one down in Redding. And then, aside from that, I think your peak is now. Like, what? would you agree? I, maybe. <laughs> you always feel like you could do better. <laughs> that's the... That's actually part of the one of the th- descriptions that I wrote about you on my little so Alan just so you know I called you like when I started writing notes about you I titled it the working class pro yeah, that's true do you take offense to that uh, my wife wifey said that she's like Alan will probably find that offensive but I was like no no not at all no I don't oh, yeah I gotta go to work I can't you know <laughs> I can't at home and shoot my ball all day like I want to. <laughs> so I wrote this is what I got. Uh, so for everyone that's listening, this guy is uh, not only one of my closest friends. He was a groomsman at my wedding, uh, but he's also one of the meanest competitors and uh, an extremely humble pro shooter. It's Alan Bernetta. So Alan uh, is just coming off of a, a podium finish at the SoCal Showdown. In uh, Chula Vista, it's a USAT event, and uh, this event, like these USAT events, are shot differently than like our conventional state tournaments. Like Alan, you, give us the rundown on what what shooting the SoCal sh- or shooting the SoCal Showdown was like. Like, what was the the first day? Was that all fifty? Is it all fifty meters? Yeah, so it's a FIDA event, uh-huh. uh, fifty meters, which uh, is about fifty five yards. Uh-huh. So. Um, you know, yellow, red, blue scoring, you know, almost, you know, it's just picture of Vegas face, but a little bit bigger. I think it's a 60 centimeter face. Uh-huh. Or 80s. Um, so yeah, the, the way, uh, USAT works is you, you shoot a qualifying score the first day and, uh, depending on where you land in the qualifying that will put you into, you know, the matches for elimination. Which is Sunday. Which is Sunday. Uh-huh. So. So, where did you qualify at, like, uh, roughly? Do you know what your rank was when you qualified? Yeah, so the first day, we shot, so you shoot 72 arrows, and after the first day, I ended up qualifying 13th. Uh Uh-huh. Which... I think I shot a six ninety six out of a possible possible twenty. Say that again, uh, Alan. Out of a possible what? Out of a possible seven twenty. Okay. So you know, definitely left a lot of points on the table. Uh-huh. Twenty four points down, but 
um, feet events are very known for dealing with the wind. Right, because they're always on super flat fields, like way out in the open. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and, you know, a 696, yeah, I left some points out there, but for literally that's the second feet event I've ever shot. That's fucking you know, great, dude. <laughs> I really wasn't too mad at it, you know. <laughs> my goal going in was a 700. Uh-huh. Top qualifier for the day was a 705, so I was only... It's just nine. a couple points shy of the top qualifier. Yeah. That's so, pretty good. Yeah, first day went, you know, went all right. Took a took a little bit to kind of get into a groove. You're shooting six arrow ends, you shoot 12 ends. Uh-huh. And, and that's it for qualifying, you know. Uh-huh. So, what was your mindset going in on Sunday? Like, I figure Sunday, you're. Do you, do you like when did you figure out who your first match was? Uh, that night, I think you. I think I looked on uh, between ends. Uh-huh. They have brackets broken down, so they take the top thirty-two, and then you know the first first place qualifier will shoot against the thirty-second qualifier, kind of like a sports bracket, uh-huh. and then you know they work down from there. So you could look on there, you know, that evening and see, you know, where, <clears throat> who your first match is against. And you can kind of see how the, how the matches will lay out if you win or lose or whatnot. But if you lose your match, they're elimination matches. So you just, you're done. There's no, you know, second chance. Right. That's it. It's elimination. So, yeah. So go, going into Sunday, I was like, eh, just, you know, it is what it is. Just, just shoot your shot and, you know, call it a day, you know, don't, don't overthink it. And, you know, we were shooting matches started at 8 a.m. Uh-huh. And, uh, so the, you know, the, uh, the wind wasn't so bad first thing in the morning. Right. Right. Hit yet to start but, picking up yet. Yeah. But as the matches progressed, that's when the wind, you know, really started to pick up. Dude, so who was your first match against? Uh, I, I can't remember the kid's name. No, so, was he um, a Hornet? Was he one of those like George Riles kids? No, no, I, I never, I never seen him or recognized him. So, dude, I, the one time I shot the SoCal Showdown, my first match was against one of George Riles like Hornets, and yeah. I was like, I'm fucking this kid up. Like, no way are these little punks gonna come over here and stomp on me. Like, and I sent that, I sent that kid packing. <laughs> Oh boy! No, but that was years ago, dude. <laughs> yeah, that ain't now. Good. Those kids probably crush me now. Yeah, yeah, that was when you were actually good. Yeah, dude. You know who sent me home? Chris Osterlink. Oh. Chris. Yeah, and I remember going up against Osterlink, and I was thinking, like, look at this goofy bucket hat wearing recurve wannabe dude. Like, oh, yeah. I remember thinking he's so goddamn goofy. There's no way this guy's gonna beat me, and he smoked me. <laughs> I didn't make it past, what was that, quarterfinals or whatever. I, yeah. got, I got to send him real quick. Yeah, Chris is a good dude. I've shot with him a few times. He's cool as shit. He's cool yeah. as shit. Even after I was talking all that crap, he was still really nice to me. Yeah. But, okay, so your your first match, how does it go? So we get in and we get right to it. Uh-huh. And I can't I can't remember exactly how, how it went, you know, end for end. But we get about two ends in and I'm down like one point, you uh-huh. know, the shots just weren't, weren't cooperating. They weren't breaking the 
the way they were the day before. And right. Who well, knows what I'm going to ask, make. like, a, a weird, obscure question, and I think, like, some people will understand this. And, you know, if this is a stupid question, by all means, just tell me. But were the shots feeling like like they were almost there? Was it feel, Were you feeling like you were running out of shot, like, right at the end? Or did they not feel good from the beginning? Um, no, they, they were – it was holding good, but then just – you know, as the shot progressed, they just weren't breaking off where you wanted them. I shoot very relaxed. So Uh I think the first match I was actually, I actually was a little nervous just because you don't want to lose your first match. Right. Cause then you're done. (laughs) You got up early for nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're shooting the match. It's going all right. I'm, I'm missing some. I shouldn't be missing. We, we get to the last end and the kid, that I'm shooting against is up by two points on me. Uh-huh. So I'm like, hmm, you know what? Oh, oh well, you know, it was, that was fun, I guess. Just, you know, finish with a little bit of dignity here. And, uh, <laughs> and I don't think I shot a 30 the whole first match. Uh-huh. Cause the matches, you only shoot three arrows, six, and you shoot, uh, five ends. Okay. So arrow. So I, yeah, I, I was like, you know what? Come on, AB, just shoot three good shots so we can, Pack it up and lose with it. dignity. <laughs> and uh, I love it. I get up there and I bark off three arrows. Uh-huh. Um, shoot a solid thirty, and I look over and the kid shoots a twenty-seven. Whoo! So I was that last end. I was behind two points, and then I end up beating him by one point. God damn! So, um, that is amazing. Yeah. How the <laughs> It changes on a dime, or it changes like, like real quick. Yeah. So that that was cool. I was like, okay, you know, I kind of, I felt like, all right, I got, I got a second chance here. Just uh-huh. pull your head out of your ass and shoot some good shots. Uh huh. Um. So that got me right into match two against uh-huh. uh, another person. I don't know who they were. You know. Uh, but you know, good, you know everyone that everyone they're all good shooters, you know. Right. So wait. So, uh, by now, at this point, you've already taken fifteen arrows, right? No, it's the first fifteen arrows scored, and yeah. So yeah. Okay. You win, actually, you move on to the next match. Okay. If you lose, you go home. Right. Right. So you're on to number two now. Yeah, and the way they run the matches, there's there's no breaks in between. You literally. You have a, a pre-printed out scorecard that says, all right, your first match is on this target. If you win this match, you're going to automatically go to this target and then so forth. So as soon as you're done with that match, you take your scorecard down, you go down to the next target. You don't even change target faces. You still shoot the target face that was just shot on the last match on whatever target that was. Whoa. Yeah. Um, so it's it's right away. You go right into your next match. So. Uh-huh. You know, you barely have time to grab a drink of water or whatever. Uh-huh. So go right into the next match um, against uh, someone else. You know, I just I can't remember their name. Uh-huh. Good shooter. We go in. We we uh, we start battling. I'm up one point. He, we even it out. We get to the last end. We're tied. I said, all right, just... Just uh, just give it three good arrows. Let's finish up strong. I shoot my three arrows, and it's a thirty. And I look over, and he shoots a twenty-nine. So, 
I love it. <laughs> yeah. So they're the first two matches I win on the very last end, which essentially could, could come down to the very last arrow. Right. You know? Ultimately, yes. Yeah. So it's one of those things, you know, it's like you got to keep your head in the game because you never know what can happen. And yeah. If you shot an eight, that's it. You're done. Yeah. Yeah. Or if I shot a nine, it would have tied. Yep. You know? It would have to gone to a shoot off. So, and all all three of those those last shots, you know, I never picked my binos up. I was like, you know, the shots were kind of starting to feel good. You know, they were just breaking. I'm like, oh, that's 10. Oh, that's a 10. Oh, that was a good shot. So, so at this point, Alan, when the shots, the uh, shots, when the shots are starting to break better for you, is it just, is it an unexplainable thing? Are they just happening? Are you doing anything to, are you putting a little more juice into your shot? Or are you just like trying to keep your mind clear and just run the program? No, I was just trying to keep my mind clear and run the program, you know. Uh-huh. Uh, try not to force anything and just, just let it just let, let it happen. happen. Yeah. Let the good shots happen. You know, and like I said, that first match, I, I was did have a little bit of nerves. But now, the second match, I was fine. Uh-huh. You know, didn't feel feel any nerves. I was just, you know, like like I said, you know, hey, let's have a little dignity here and shoot. shoot. <laughs> let's finish strong. Let's go out on our shield here. Yeah. <laughs> like so Americans. Yeah, so there's match two, one. Uh-huh. So I was like, all right. And so uh, right into the, to the third match, and you know, I move my, my scorecard, go over, get on the line. I don't even know who I'm shooting against, and I'm kind of looking around. I'm thinking it's uh, uh, August Moss. Uh-huh. He, he, you know, he won, um, what was it, Arizona Cup or Gator Cup this year? You know, so I was thinking I was going to shoot against him. We were talking. I was like, hey, good luck, bud. And, and then he goes, oh, I'm not shooting against you. And I turn around, and, I'm, and then Braden Gillantine's there. I'm like, oh, am I shooting against you? He goes, yeah, I think so. I said, all right, cool. You know, let's, good luck, bud. And let's Holy go. shit. Yeah, so, so my third match, Braden Gillantine. I never and, heard of him before, but go on. <laughs> yeah, he he's won a couple medals. He's been around. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of in my head right off the bat, I'm like, uh, you know, I won two matches. You know, this guy's gonna whoop my ass, and but you know, this is a, I'm having a good time. You know, <laughs> it's like Alan, you haven't even shot your first arrow, and you're like, "All right, let's let's lose with some dignity here." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh huh. So we start shooting, and we're tied. You know, the first end, going the next end. We're I think we're tied, or I'm down one point, and uh, I'm shooting decent, uh-huh. and. You know, now the wind's starting to come up, which I have I have a lot of trouble in the wind, so... As uh, do I. As do I. Uh, which makes my shot not as smooth, but uh-huh. I'm like, you know, we're waiting in between wind gusts to figure out, you know, how the wind's going to go, and mm-hmm. you only get, um, what is it, a minute or uh, 120 seconds? For three yeah, arrows? Yeah, you get two minutes, so you can't wait too long. You know, you don't want to be up there and you know not have. Is an that arrow two shoot. minutes for all for all fifteen arrows? No, for the, you shoot you shoot one at a time, three okay. arrows. Okay, cool. Um, so you can play the clock if you have to, according to the wind. Yeah. Okay. And people were playing the clock and you know waiting and uh-huh. you know all those fetus shooters. They're you know they're used to when they get up on the line. You know when you when 
is or anything like that, you you only get 20 seconds to shoot. Right, right. Those guys that, that run the team games and stuff are like like 10 seconds or less. Yeah, yeah. And they, or maybe like they, you said, 20 seconds, you know? Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. So we get down, we're, we score, we come back, we're on the last end, and Braden's beating me by two points. Uh-huh. So I'm like, all right, let, let, like I said before, let's have a little dignity and break off a couple of good arrows. Let's finish strong. Get up there. I break off uh, three beautiful arrows, you know, middle, middle. And I turn around to go set my bow down. And I don't even I don't even glass any of those last arrows. I don't glass his target. I'm just like, you know, the shots felt good. I know they were good shots. Turn around, put my bow down, and Rio's behind me at this point he you know he had gotten knocked out and he goes dude you just won i'm like what get out of here come on and sure as shit we go down there and i shot a a 30 and Braden shot a 27 (laughs) so (laughs) that was was pretty wild you know that's amazing yeah you just you gotta stay in it oh how the mighty have fallen yeah and rio's like you know, after the whole, after everything was said and done, you know, we were driving around in the car afterwards. He's like, dude, that just shows you just, you know, you can't ever give up. Just, just shoot the best you can and right. never over to the last arrow shot. Exactly. It is any dog's game. Yeah. Speaking of dogs, uh, I think right around that time after you beat Galantine, uh, uh, Brandon Williamson texted us and was like, <laughs> Alan's fighting like a stray dog <laughs> to oh, stay dude. in here. <laughs> I was I was clawing my way around. <laughs> yeah, you were pulling hair, gouging eyes. So let's see. Uh, you the, send this uh, unknown guy packing, and then who's next? So we get back to the line, and I'm, and I'm standing there, you know, kind of getting ready to shoot the next match, and. uh my next match is against Jimmy Lutz. Oh, so yeah. I stand up on the line. I kind of look to my left, and Jimmy's there, and we're kind of bullshitting for a sec, you know. And I, I look to my right, and uh, I see my buddy Chris Shaw off there, uh-huh. and then Steve Marsh. And then I kind of, like, dip my head and lean over a little further, and I kind of look to the right and left. I'm like, where the fuck did everyone go? <laughs> and now, that Everyone started to clear out? No, like, we were the only ones left to shoot. Oh like, shit! That's when you start. So that is that when you were realizing that you were fighting for a podium spot. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's shit! It, what I realized, like, huh? If I win this match, I'll go to a gold medal match. If I lose, I'll go to a bronze medal match. Uh huh. So that was a that was surreal. That was a bit of a trip, but because I had never, you know, I've never gotten that far. Uh huh. But like I said, I've, I've only this is only my ever second Gita tournament, you know, USAT tournament, right? Um, so I I still didn't feel nervous, but the wind was blowing pretty good. Um, Jimmy is known for his extreme command shooting. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's a very so, nice way of saying he punches uh, it. Yeah. So you know, especially in the wind, you know, I have a hard time just because of how relaxed I shoot. Uh huh. You shoot a hinge. I shoot a hinge, yeah. What hinge are uh, you shooting this weekend? Uh, the HBC. Nice. Oh, classic. Um, so we start shooting the matches. I shoot like two eights, bunch of nines, couple pens, like to put a 
nicely, Jimmy put a whooping on me. Um, <laughs> but he he still struggled too. It was like a one forty one, and I think I shot a one thirty six, which was kind of oh damn. Up, but uh, you know, if I was a little bit on my more on my game, you know, that could that definitely should have been a match. I should have won uh-huh. with that with you know that score that Jimmy shot. You know, the low low one forties is not a good. Well, really not. That just to me that just speaks to the wind and like yeah I, I'm not one to look at the score and then be like ah oh, well I could have fucked you guys up or whatever because I'm certain the wind was playing a lot on you guys and yeah. it would have played on anybody and then the fact that you guys are also going in for gold you know yeah uh, is another thing that just adds like you know a huge a huge weight for you to carry or, you know, try to pass off while you're shooting. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, we finish up that match and, you know, up to that, up to that point, right before I shot, you know, I was actually pretty proud of myself, you know, just keep, Hey, keep fighting, keep pushing. And, you know, I ended up and I'm like, Hey, I'm going to shoot in a bronze medal match now. Uh huh. So, you know, we go down and they actually, you know, at this point they finally put new targets up. And so it was just, uh, Steve Marsh and I, he's another Matthew shooter. Mm-hmm. Great shooter. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Yeah, so right right into it. No breaks or nothing. Just, all right, you're, you're up now. So um, we just start shooting, and literally every single end, I shot an X-10-9. X-10-9. All the way to the fifth end, X-10-9. We get down there. We're tied up, 145 to 145, Steve and I are. The way a tie works is um, you shoot one arrow, closest to center, and that's it. Damn. I'm doing a podcast with Wendell. Say hi. Hello. Uh, What's up, Jackson? Okay, I'm going to finish up this podcast. That's a mini brunetta. That's uh, that's JB. <laughs> um, all right, so so we go back, to, you know, and this is like there's judges and officials, and you know they go down and watch you score the whole bit, uh-huh. especially this late in the game. So we get back on the line. They set the clock to forty seconds. Um, you know, you got forty seconds. Shoot your one arrow closest to center wins bronze. Was the so wind like, blowing super hard at this point? Like what? Uh, the, the wind was blowing, so they hit the buzzer. You know, my arrows knocked. I hooked my release. And I wait about, I don't know, about five to eight seconds because there was kind of a gust working its way through. Uh-huh. Um, and just as I'm, just as, you know, the wind just dies down just enough, the, you know, I'm drawing my bow back. Steve shoots his shot. I pay no attention to it. Anchor in. Just, just make a good shot. It ain't no big deal break it off and it's you know i don't i don't glass i don't look and uh shot felt good i'm like man that, that felt like it broke pretty dang close to middle so you just lined it up for the middle and broke it yeah lined up for the broke it and, you know lined up for the middle uh-huh. centered up shot broke good i don't look <clears throat> turn around i look at uh rio's back there and a couple other guys and he, he gives me you know the hell yeah, you got it, because he was watching through the spotter. Uh-huh. That's when I was like, what? You know, and there were some pretty good pictures of me doing a nice little fist bump that uh, USA Archery took. And, uh, 
Yeah, dude, that picture that the uh, U.S. Aerotree took of you, that that was cool, man. Yeah. I had you looking like a Kansas City 10. Dude, I was, I was pretty fired up. That was great, man. How uh-huh. cool is that to have Rio Wild fucking uh, spotting for you? Yeah, yeah, he he was my boy back there telling me what's going on. So, yeah, that was, that was awesome. Well, that is so. awesome, dude. So then uh, you got to cash out a little bit. Uh, yep. <laughs> did you, is it true you had Steve Marsh take a picture, take a selfie of your yep. uh, winning arrow? We get down there and we score, you know, gentlemanly thing. I was like, hey, bud, you know, good shooting. We shook hands. And, and then he turned around to walk away, and you're like, uh, 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 uh. I was like, I was like, yeah, hey, you don't have to throw salt on the wound, bud, but you mind taking my picture? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. <laughs> you're all like, all right, now get it from this side. Now get it yeah. from this angle. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I was, this, this is my biggest finish, you know, yeah. as a pro. As a pro and a USAT, I mean, you like at these USATs, it's, it's open class. It's like championship yeah. Vegas, basically. Uh-huh. I mean, there's some there's some raw meat thrown into the mix, but it's it's anybody's game. It's open class. Yeah, but when you got you know Big Cat and Rio and Chris uh-huh. Shaw, a you know, and you get some Brand. killers killers out there. Yeah, they're the guys can shoot, and you know the. The, that saying, you know, the that's how the cookie crumbles. Is yeah. just the way it went, you know. You know, there were some guys shooting some good matches, but it just, I don't know what was, you know, it just worked out for me that, you know, how the matches lined up and, you know. Just wasn't their day, baby. Wasn't their day, and it was my day to, to, to pick it up, literally in the in the fifth end. Roll through and slap some nuts. So... so. Alan, I got so that was the story I wanted to get through because I, when you originally told me that, like I was, I was like sitting on my hands, like yeah, yeah. I mean, this is such a cool thing to happen. It's a cool thing that you pulled off. Uh, you know, all your buddies are proud. Uh, I don't know of anyone that's not bragging about you. At least people that know you. Um, but now I want to get into like some of the technical stuff. So, you ran a certain type of arrow for this. Like, you basically set up arrows for this event, right? Yeah. So, what, what were you shooting exactly? Uh, so, normally I'll shoot a, an Easton X10 Pro Tour, uh, a 420 spine, usually for most everything else. But uh-huh. And what do you cut that down to? Those are cut at 27 even, carbon to carbon. Okay. So that's, your, uh, that's your usual arrow. That's like your that, safari arrow. That's, yeah, that's my usual safari arrow, you know, whatever type of shoot. Uh-huh. Um, but going into the FIDA event, I kind of wanted something a little heavier uh, just to help with the wind, you know, wind drift. Uh-huh. So I ended up, I got a set of uh, same arrow, but in a 380 spine. Okay. So they're, they're a little bit heavier. They're cut about a half inch longer. You know, 120 tungsten points. Nice. Uh, Q2I. You know, a low profile. Is the 175 vein on the back? 175 SLs, the Q2I Fusion XLs. Nice. So, and, and do that, you feel like those uh, 
I mean, well, you must feel like they did good because you shot him. You shot him pretty damn well. Yeah. Do you no, have they... any um, want to take those out for, like, you know, any more safari? Like at the next safari event, are you going to go back to your four twenties? You're going to shoot the three eighties. Uh, I'll probably go back to the four twenties. I mean, they both they both group fine. Mm-hmm. I, I shot the three eighties last year all through safari. Uh huh. Um, I don't I don't really see too much difference in them. Right, right. Just a little no. bit of speed. I mean, a uh, little bit of little bit of weight is what I imagine on that arrow. Yeah. Now, so when you just when you have your, oh, I'm sorry, Alan. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, you're good. When you build arrows, Alan, do you do any like wacky shit? You do any like uh, knock tuning? You do any like you do spine ind- or, you know knock indexing? I mean, I know they're X tens, so they're pretty solid right out of the gate, but do you do anything like you know shoot bear shafts through paper or whatever? Yeah, I'll I'll bear shaft them through uh, through paper, and then just, just rotate or... them all to so that they all line up the same. No, I just shoot one arrow. Oh, that's it. So you're just making yeah. sure that your bear shaft through paper is solid, so that your tune is good, your bow yeah. tune is good, and then you're off to the races. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll generally just do one bear shaft through paper, and if you know to get my rest super close, and then and then I'll paper tune it with a with a fletched arrow. Okay, all right. So you're not into the whole like super, you know, super build on your arrows. You just kind of trusting that they're they're decent right out of the box. Yeah, because then I'll, then you know you sh- you shoot them at distance and just see. Yeah, if there's any yeah. shitty ones, you can just pull them. Yeah, I number them all, so you know you keep an eye on if you got some flyers and so if you got is- a flyer. This is something that I want to, like, start to touch on. Like, I just, I cut a podcast, like, one or two weeks ago about, like, how to build the fucking craziest set of arrows, right? Like, how you can take any set of arrows and turn them into, like, competition-worthy arrows. But after talking to some people, like, you know, I get some messages on the side. I'm starting to think, like, you know, that's all kind of overrated because that's not... That's not going to help you break in the middle. And one thing that I notice is really good shooters, guys like you and guys like Austin Watts, uh, they don't really spend a lot of time tinkering with, you know, like weight indexing or, I don't know, do you do weight indexing with your arrows? Uh, when I cut my tips, you know, I'll, uh, I weigh them all out and, uh-huh. you know, just to cut off the cut off points, you know, uh-huh. you can get, variance you know depending on where it breaks off uh-huh. so i'll weigh every single point you know and i'll and they're usually so i'll, I'll run like a 120 but they'll usually come in at like a 121 uh-huh. one, one them, or you know within a half of half a grain which probably you would never see right but i hit i put them on the grinder and i you know i grind them and weigh them grind them and weigh them until they're just to get they're, them, just to get them know, right where you like them yeah, I always do that with with all my tips. Oh, that's and, cool. All right, so you know, all, all my arrows probably weigh within one to two grains max. That's about what I got on the last, uh, the last like two dozen nano pros I built. Oh, I wasn't even trying to to build them that way, but it came out to be like plus or minus one, one and a half. Yeah. So. And I- and I'll, I'll weigh them all once they're all completely built, uh-huh. and I'll, I'll get a 
group of arrows that are all within, you know, maybe less than one grain. Uh-huh. You know, I'll see see how many I have, you know, in that group, and I'll start I'll start with those, and I'll number those, you know, one through eight or one through ten, uh-huh. and those will be my go tos. And then, you know, the, the further the higher the number, maybe the you know kind of more back of the bus they get. I love that. I love that term. Back of the yeah. bus. Back of the bus, bud. <laughs> well, did you hear that Rosa Parks like just wrote a book like a couple months before she died, and it was called What Bus? No, never heard that. Nah, it's a bad joke. It's just because she was old. <laughs> so how about uh, stabilizer weights, dude? Like, did you change any weights for the SoCal Showdown? Because I know we we're always kind of talking about stabilizer weights to some degree yeah so i ended up uh actually changing one of my bars i changed my back bar from a 12 inch to a 15 Uh uh-huh and i think i'm running like a 20 let me see here there's 9 10 11 12 13 i got 18 on the back of a 15 okay so 18 ounces on the back of a 15 inch bar Yep. And that's off the lower, uh, that lower bracket on your Matthews? Yep. Okay. And then the front on my 30, I'm, I got 12 hanging out the front. So 12 and 18? Yeah. Slightly biased. So I, I'm taking it, you're slightly biased at the back, but you got enough in the front to do some decent aiming. Yeah. Do you torque tune your, your arrow rest and all that? No. Now, where do you say your arrow rest? You just rank, like, wherever it looks good? Yeah, I mean, it's got to look good. If it looks good, it shoots good. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. <laughs> this is changing every, everything that I've been preaching. <laughs> wow. So, let's see. Uh, okay, and so the other thing I want to ask was, do you run your draw length long or short? Um. Because I imagine well, you're like, what, what, you're, isn't your draw length like 29 inches, Alan? 28 uh, and a half? 28 and a half, 28 and three quarter right there. So you run it a little long then. You go 28 and a half and then throw some twists into your cables? Yeah. Well, Matthews will naturally come about a quarter inch long. Whatever your mod, whatever mod you do for draw length, it's going to come a little bit long. Okay. That's just, that's just the way the Matthews bows work out, mm-hmm. but you know, I kind of been, I kind of been struggling the end of last year and the beginning of this year. So I kind of reverted back to, you know, some old notes I had on, you know, that one year, you know, that, you know, I shot super good in Redding. Uh, you know, that's when we won the Hoagie and I won the Kings outlaw. So I kind of reverted back to some of those measurements to, Right. You guys won the outlaw. Yeah. Dude, it might not be that you, you might still be in the peak. You might just be on one big ass peak. Yeah, well, she, she definitely was, had some slump, but the, the last couple shoots are starting to come, <clears throat> you know, come together. So, uh huh. So on your drawing like that one, what I'm yeah. getting at is like, so you're 28 and three quarters inside your shot execution. Do you feel like you are, like, assuming your draw length is actually 28 and 3 quarters exactly, are you set up, like, a little short so that you're breaking shots stronger, or are you, are you a little longer on that draw for, like, that slower pin float type thing? You know what I mean? Yeah. 
you know, I, I tried it both ways. I had a hard time finding any difference between, you know, because for a while there I was like 28 and 7 eighths, almost 29. Uh-huh. And uh, it didn't seem, it, it seemed like I struggled a little bit more with that, a little bit longer of a draw length. Right. I tend to struggle a little bit more with the long, when I'm shooting a hinge, that longer draw length seems to make it harder for me to execute shots because I feel like my my hinge is now slower. Yeah, that makes sense. Or it seems, I don't know, it just seems colder. I, I'm trying to, like, picture exactly, like, get what your shot feel is like, you know, as, you know, as a sober person here. I'm not stoned at all. Yeah. But... Uh, uh, maybe you should be. <laughs> uh, uh, but I get, my shot's so relaxed that you know, I don't, I don't pull through the shot. That's the you know, thing I was going to ask. So do you push, do you push on the bow arm or do you, do you, I guess you just said you don't pull or I guess yeah. the other thing would be like you pull your elbow back and then just relax your release hand, right? I kind of just relax my release hand. Yeah. I'm running that, that bow at 70% let off. on my 38 and freaking loved it because it's like I know it's like shooting a child's bow now yeah you know there there are some pros and cons there Mm -hmm. you know I I think too much let off you definitely get lazy right definitely definitely did you find with the Matthews do you ever have any like vertical um, knock travel issues or you always seem to you get a pretty decent bullet hole just running even cam timing. Yeah, I can I can usually you know center shots right through the the hamburger hole. And <laughs> <laughs> Go on. <laughs> uh, I love hamburgers. <laughs> and uh, you know, thirteen sixteenths a three quarter center shot. Uh huh. You, know, you, you do that, you have a good knock fit. I've you know. It, I rarely ever have to get, you know, have the tuning too crazy. You know, it's usually really close with right. just that. So I noticed you, you run biter knocks. Uh, yeah. I like the way biter knocks fit on a stock Matthews center serving, but I think yeah. I'm the only guy running stock Matthews strings at the moment. Yeah. Are you running, are you running ABBs? I am. It's 452X, right? Yeah. And, uh, have you had any issues with those? They they seem to hold up pretty no. good. They hold good. They you know they they definitely don't stretch. You know I I like the zebra trings. I you know I've, I've run them for a long time. I still got them on some of my other bows. And, yeah, the zebras uh, are decent. I'm not having any well, issues with mine. It it's just sometimes you end up with a, a, a weird set that you have some yeah. issues with rotation and stuff like that well they don't serve but, their end loops which is pretty pretty half-assed and the strings themselves look like garbage but man if they don't stretch then 
fuck it, they don't stretch, you know? Yeah, yeah. How's the um, knock fit between your biters and the ABB strings? Uh, I always reserve my center serving. You you reserve it? Yeah. Oh, man. So yeah, it's, you it's are one of a handful of people that I know that reserve to get that nice, clean knock fit. Oh, yeah. And I am so lazy. Like, I've done it before. I did it on my, uh, my prevail. But I'm too, I don't know, I guess halfway nervous and halfway just lazy <laughs> to, to up and go and do it on this bow. So what, like, do you, can you give us the details on how you uh, do your center serving? Um, or like what kind of material you use? Like, do you know what width you're using? Yeah, that's, that's right here. I'm, I'm using a BCY uh, 62 XS uh-huh. in a 18 thickness uh-huh um just on a little uh i think it's a biter serving tool or a yeah i got it in my hand here but uh it's super easy to serve you just obviously you need to i put it in my bow press uh-huh uh, there's some actually some pretty good uh serving tools out there uh last chance archery makes uh a jig that you could put it in to I think you could put like almost 300 pounds of pressure on the string, which that's like the best way to serve is to have that, you know, super tight tension. Uh Um, But uh, what I'll do is I'll put it in my press. I press it. I end up taking my cable, my roller guards off and bolt it. And then I that would D loop to my riser. And then I'll slowly let the pressure out. So now it gives me all that room because on the Matthews, the, the roller guard's so close, the serving tool would hit it. Uh-huh. So you have to get that out of the way. But cut off the old serving, whichever way that it's served, whichever, you know, which way it wraps, clockwise or counterclockwise, um, that's the way you, you serve it. Uh, but I usually start at the, on the, the bottom just mark it with silver you mark the string with silver sharpie or whatever just to know where to start and where to stop and just just serve it's kind of hard to explain how no no that's perfect that's perfect dude you know a a million really good youtube videos and there there are good tutorials out there yeah i cannot believe i've known you for this long and i did not know that you were like a center sir like one of the to me anyone that redoes their center serving enters this new category of like tinker <laughs> you, know? you, gotta, you gotta do your center serving bud oh man now i feel like everyone's been doing it except for me i gotta ask austin if he does this i gotta ask mark rubio if he does this okay yeah. so my other questions alan uh in the middle of the season how often are you practicing um well like you said you know the old working class pro Mm-hmm. So, you know, luckily my wife's good and she lets me have free reign, but still, you know, I got an 11-year-old son, mm-hmm. so getting out of practice. If I got a tournament coming up, coming in close, like before COVID, like let's just say Vegas was coming up, uh-huh. uh, I would try to shoot four days a week. Uh go down to you know west coast archery and shoot indoor um get a couple rounds in get a couple rounds in you know when when 
Reading's coming up. It's, you know, going out to where we can shoot out in the field and shoot distance, you know, trying to get, you know, two to three days. But, like, right now, I probably only shoot, I just shoot on my side yard right now. Uh-huh. But, you know. Hey, when you're practicing for indoor, all right, and you're shooting, you know, a Vegas round, and you're just practicing, are you just shooting a Vegas round and scoring it? Are you doing, like, you know, endless endless ends just over and over just to see how many you can run clean? Do you have some kind of program that you're doing or some kind of exercise that you're doing, or are you just doing regular Vegas rounds? No, I'm just doing regular Vegas rounds. I usually will try to warm up, you know, 10 – 10 or 12 arrows and then uh go go right into scoring scoring in, you know a game uh-huh. uh and how many know, um how many vegas rounds would you shoot um in one like practice session you know if if, if i got buddies there that are shooting with me that are that are wanting to shoot you know sometimes we'll shoot uh you know three games in a practice set but when you're by yourself, it's it gets pretty tedious and boring to shoot by yourself. <laughs> Hard you know? to get motivated. Yeah, no one there to push you, and uh, so man, I've I've gone down, shot thirty arrows, and went home. So <laughs> it just it just depends on the situation. Uh, dude, I could shoot by myself all day, man. I, I don't need to see another person. Yeah, do you I mean, have but that gets it, sometimes that gets tiring. Yeah, I guess I just don't get to do it enough. That's why I'm all hot and bothered for it. Are you yeah. gonna um, Are you gonna run the AB Invitational again this year? I think so. I'm gonna talk to, to do that. I'm gonna talk to Hans and Adrian and see, make sure we're cool and do the old AB Invitational. Yeah, I think we need to do that. That'd be fun for everyone that's listening. The AB Invitational was a 23 diameter arrow indoor round. Kind of like a indoor, what do they call that? World archery style indoor. Yeah, that vertical was three spot with the with the super X as the ten ring. The tiny dot, the tiny ten. Yeah, that, that was that was uh that was fun. I had to get ready for uh for Rome. You went and shot Rome. Rome. I did. And you shot against Chris Schaff then, right? Yeah, I almost beat him. Damn, damn. I know. I don't think people know all this stuff, man. I mean, people. I mean, your inner your inner circle probably knows. Yeah, man, I, I, it's just crazy because you know I'm always doing this talk like for all the newer guys, they don't even know that these competitors are like right next door to us. You know? Yeah, <clears throat> you're one of those guys. I don't know. I I was like, I was getting all emotional on that last podcast because I was talking about how um, you're one of the few people that like. You know, you were pro, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, I had my pro card for one year, and I really did not um, make good use of it. I, I did writing in the pro class, and then I did Vegas in the pro class. And that was pretty much it. And I was like, nah, you know, whatever. And then I started to, like, not shoot as good, so I, I kind of, like, took a step back, and then COVID hit. But you have had your pro card for a long time. You've always shot in that class, and you've always just, like, fearlessly gone out there and competed regardless of you know i don't know like expectations or what yeah it, I, it's I like, like what's with that yeah. attitude is, is that's a, such an awesome competitive attitude is this you just like shooting is that the deal 
yeah, I like shooting. Uh, it's it's not to say that you know some of those guys in the amateur class, there are definitely people there that need to move up into the pro class. But uh, <laughs> shooting against those guys is definitely a, a different feeling, uh-huh. and definitely keeps you motivated. I think so. so. I think seeing that those pros that you see on the screen and you're shooting against them, it definitely puts you in a whole different seat. You know. <laughs> Yeah. So, well, that's awesome, Alan. Do you have any, yeah. um, oh, that was the other thing I was going to ask. Well, okay, so, assuming I'm a, a noob, all right, uh, and you were going to tell me the one thing, like, if you're going to give me, like, one piece of advice to get better on archery, what would it be? If you had to distill to one thing. Well, the thing I always tell people is go compete. Just go, like, Take whatever bullshit setup you have and just go compete. Yeah, that's that's a real good one. Yeah, pra- practice only gets you so far. Mm-hmm, because you got to feel the nerves. Yeah, I, like my buddy Jacob who comes in the shop, he, he's actually, he's been shooting indoor literally for, we set him up with a, with a target bow. He doesn't hunt or nothing, but he's been shooting uh, indoor strictly uh-huh. in his front yard. No outdoor, you know, indoor for like the last two years straight. And I'm like, dude, and he's he's starting to shoot good. He's he's shot a couple two ninety nines, and he's right on the verge. And I'm like, dude, you gotta go shoot some tournaments. Yeah, like, you, you, that is a good one because you got it. You got to get that feeling, and you gotta It'll grease you that gotta, grease him right into the three hundred room. Yeah, if you could if you could keep it together at a tournament. You know that's gonna bump you up to that next that next level. Yeah, yeah. So you probably like say practicing tournaments. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna say practice tournaments. Cool, man. Well, awesome, so, Alan. We're at about yeah. 50 minutes, dude. Nice. Thanks for being, dude. You are my first guest on this podcast on Archery Unfiltered. Do I get a prize? No, man. If anything. You gotta find. I I told Mark Rubio he was gonna be guest number one. <laughs> Mark just got bumped, dude. He might get bumped again, man. I might have Austin Watson for number two. <laughs> uh, and I know I talked a little bit to Blake Jerome about coming on, but I, I'm not sure when I'm gonna be able to catch him. That dude's busy doing I don't know destroying planets or whatever with arrows. Who knows what he's doing, dude. We gotta, we gotta, you know. I don't want to threaten anyone, but we gotta beat that guy next year. <laughs> we got this, brother. Yeah, Dude, I'm looking are you, forward. Are you gonna shoot uh, the BC shoot? Uh, uh, dude, I think that's the same time as deer season. It is. It's August tenth. Yeah, we gotta shoot deer. Oh yeah, well, I do intend uh, to shoot deer, or at least attempt to. Yeah. What's the rest of your tournament season look like right now, Alan? Um. Let's see, in two weeks, I'm going to go up and shoot the last outlaw up in the Oregon Safari. Oh, that's a good one. And then after that, I don't know what would happen then. I'm not sure what else is going on. I know, I know NFA is doing a couple, like a, a three-shoot series at the end of July. But uh-huh. Is that the one where they cram all these events together in one week? Yeah, so I'm probably not going to do that because I'll probably go deer hunt instead. Yeah, yeah. Deer hunting sounds like a better plan. No offense, but yeah, it, yeah. No, I I would like to go do them, but if uh, 
If it works out, I'll go to the BC shoot. Right on, man. Well, cool. Are Hopefully gonna, they get a money. What's that? Are you going to go to the BC shoot? Dude, I got to beg my wife. And if there's a money class, uh, I told Austin I would shoot it with him. Um, yeah. But I got to beg my wife first. All right. You can yeah. do it. Tell her, tell her I said it's okay. She liked <laughs> That's the other thing for everyone listening. <laughs> There's two people that Hillary gets so jazzed about me losing to, and that's Alan and Emerson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. Emer- Whoa, I can't remember. What? So it's just me. What's that, Alan? And Emerson doesn't shoot anymore, so it's just me. Just you now, baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, dude, thanks for coming think- on, Alan. Yeah, Thanks but I for think being, I think uh, probably uno, uno, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I can't wait to. We're gonna mix it up and have fun next week at the Broadhead shoot. Oh, dude, it's gonna be a blast! I'm I'm heading out there tomorrow. That's actually this week. And it's this weekend. This weekend. Yeah, I'm just I'm like deliriously tired from all the training I've been doing for that. It's all good, man. Yeah. All right, brother. All- all right, dude. Thanks for coming on. You have a good night, Alan. Yeah, hey, maybe we could get uh, a car alarm company to sponsor you. A car? Oh, because my car got fucking jacked? <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Don't forget <laughs> to thank your sponsors, DB Customs. He's DB doing a Customs. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Hey, Alan is a fellow Carbon Craft guy. I am a fellow Carbon Craft guy. I'm still waiting for Adam to send me a contingency check. Oh, shit. I'm waiting for Adam to send me some prototype bars yeah we gotta get on them yeah They're all right legit, though. all right brother be good have a good night man you too all right everyone that was alan brunetta uh west coast archery pro staffer matthews pro staffer uh i gotta say like that is a humble dude he'll tell he'll tell you anything you need to know about getting better at archery he's always over at West Coast in Petaluma. So if you guys ever want to drop in there and uh, say what up, he's your guy. Uh, I still remember, like, some of the funniest shit I think he ever said to me. Um, When was that? Was it... I think it was down in Fresno. And, uh, you know, we were... I was asking him something about... I think it was knock tuning or, or how he cut his arrows, and he said it. Uh, I'll show you my best friend. She said, uh, I'll t- tell you what, man. Uh, you see part where dang old George come in there and he's talking about tasting his own bur- burp and Kramer comes sliding in there. He always does that. And then them, them New York boys, I'll tell you what, just a show about nothing. And I'll never forget it. I even wrote it down. <laughs> That's Alan to the T. So uh, I want to thank the sponsors, uh, DB Custom Coatings uh, out in Napa. Darren and Bet, they sponsor the microphones on this show. They also Cerakote bows. They Cerakoted uh, Casey Koffeld's bow. She's, I think, going to the Olympics right now. If you see her bow, it's a Hoyt that's like, uh, it looks like a sun exploding on the side of it. That is Darren's work. Uh, it's super awesome. He's Cerakoting bows for some of the best shooters in the world. I think he just did a bunch of work for Chris Schaff, uh and his hunting equipment. So, um, yeah. Pretty cool stuff. Check it out on Instagram, uh, DB Custom Coatings. And then I'd like to thank Carbon Craft Stabilizers. Um, even though, Adam, you're always MIA. Adam's the owner of Carbon Craft. If you guys hit him up, tell him you want bars. Make him do a little extra work because Lord knows he ain't doing it at his day job. 
All right, so thank you guys for listening, and you all be nice to your wait staff.